Amen. Are you glad to be in God's house? Amen. Amen. Not just another church, but God's house. Amen. You say, well, what, what's God's house? What is What makes it that? I believe it's a church that Jesus spoke of. And he said, upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up with that revelation, and he began to preach about what God's church is really all about. Amen. You've got to repent. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. You've got to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to be a part of his church. Not man-made's church, not someone's opinion, but his church. Amen. We live in a world that is full of opinion. Everyone wants to spread their opinion online, make videos, make, make viral things saying what their opinions are. Amen. Politicians want to tell you what their opinions are and try to make them law. We live in a world that is full of people's opinions, people that are ruled by emotion, people that say it's my truth. Amen. And I'm just thankful that in a day and age that's like that, that we have the Word of God. That we have a truth that we can hold tight to. Amen. That when everyone has their own opinions, it doesn't matter. Amen. We just look to this roadmap of life. Amen. We look to this Bible and we say, it doesn't matter what your truth is or my truth is. This is the truth. Amen. Without his word, we are truly lost. Amen. To live according to my own opinions is, is a very risky life. And that is why each of us have the word of God that will lead us and guide us. I want the word to guide me. I want the Word to shape me. I want the Word to shape my opinions. Amen. It's, it's, he, he is not just an opinion amongst all opinions. He's not just an option among many options. He is the only way. The Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Amen. I want the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful to be in His house today with His people gathered together worshiping Him. We had a, a wonderful time on, on Wednesday night, and I hope that God spoke to your heart as, as he spoke to mine, and I pray that today will be much of the same, amen, that God will speak to you. All you have to do to control the preaching is one thing, ask God to speak to you. You can't control the preacher by telling him what you think is, should be preached from the pulpit, but what you do is in prayer, you say, God, speak to me. And every single time, God, through the word of the Lord, will speak to you. Amen. And I want God to speak to me today. Amen. I have a special guest with me today. It's not just my wife and darling children. They are always with me, and I'm thankful that they're with me. But my Grandma Roger is here, or Grandma Norma. Roger's not here today, but Grandma Norma's here today. Amen. And I'm so thankful that she's here. Amen. Visiting us. She's living in, lives in this area, and now we're in this area. She came to hear me preach. So, amen. Hopefully I do her proud today. And, and I, I want to do God proud, though. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to John chapter 7 and verse 37. John chapter 7 and verse 37. If you have it, say, thank you, Jesus. If you don't have it, say, help me, Jesus, or look at the screen. John 7 and 37 says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. 
This is not just regulated to a male, but this is mankind. If anyone is a thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. He was speaking of the Spirit of God. That if any man is lacking the Spirit of God, all they have to do is come unto him and ask of drink, and he will give to them. Amen. Anyone thirsty here today? Does anyone have a desire for Jesus? Amen. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, amen. Amen. Hopefully it hasn't grown old, but you're still excited about the Holy Ghost today. Are you still excited as a day that you spoke in tongues? Amen. That you still have the Spirit of God living within you. Amen. I wonder today as we begin to dive into this message, I, I wonder if we could say a quick prayer and ask God to touch our hearts, open our understanding, and, and speak to us today. Could you do that with me? God, we love you. God, we give you God, we haven't come just haphazardly to play games, but God, we want you to move on us. God, we want you to help us today. God, would you speak to my life? Would you speak to my heart? Would you speak to my mind today? Lord, help us to walk out differently than the way we walked in today. God, help us to be changed by the word. Amen, amen. Thank you for standing today. You may be seated. The water that is in our bodies is a sensual for life. Without water, we simply cannot survive. Since the water in our bodies is continually being lost or expelled, amen, it needs to be continually replaced. And the best thing to replace this water in our bodies with is just plain old H2O. Water is involved um, in every bodily function from digestion Amen. To circulation and all the way through to the control of body temperatures. Amen. Water is always used. We must continually, amen, replace it with water. Amen. Today I want to preach on give me this water. Give me this water. My wife's answer to everything is water. Amen. I'll say I have a headache. And she'll say, how much water have you drank? I say, I don't want water. I want ibuprofen. And then she'll, she'll, I'll say, man, I, my back hurts. And she'll say, how much water have you drank? The one that gets me is, I'm hungry, honey. I want something to eat. She'll say, well, you need to drink more water. I don't want water. I want food. Amen. Amen. John chapter 4 and verse 3 says, he left Judea, speaking of Jesus, and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. And he come into a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well is there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. See, even Jesus knew that it took more than water to quench your hunger. Amen. And then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. 
Can I tell you, Jesus doesn't doesn't, it doesn't matter to him about what walk of life you came from, what background you are, what nationality you are, what your last name is, how much money you have or don't have in your bank account. Amen. As long as you come to him, amen, he's willing to help you. Jesus answered and said to her, if thou knewest the gift of God, we, we know about the gift of God, don't we? Amen. On, Acts, on, on the book, book of Acts Revival, when Peter stood up, he said, you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, if you knew the, about the gift of God, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. And the well is deep, from whence hast thou then that living water? You see, she was looking for her answer in the physical. There are so many people that are looking for their answer in things of this world. They're looking for their answer in a bottle. They're looking for their answer in a needle. They're looking for their answer in making more money or, or securing some position of life. Uh, amen. But, but you've got to look beyond just the wells of this world. You've got to look beyond the, the antidotes that this world has to offer. You've got to look beyond the social programs and, and, and the government uh, helps in this world. And you've got to realize, I've got to have Jesus. I've got to have a touch from him. I've got to have a living water inside of me. She began to struggle with this. She said, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said to her, whosoever, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Amen. Isn't it amazing? The things of this world, you go and try it out. And it won't satisfy. And you keep having to go back and go back and go back. And you're never filled. You're going to keep on thirsting. It's, it's an empty well. It's an empty thing. Uh, amen. This world has to offer. Amen. But he said, whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. This is not talking about a one-time experience. Amen. At an altar where you're filled with the Holy Ghost. But this is talking about when his spirit gets on the inside. You're never going to have to thirst. You can be on the back side of a desert somewhere and still feel his presence. You can be on your job having a terrible day but still have a well that you can tap into. Amen. You can be in a hospital with bad news being given, but you still can have a will, and you can live in this world without being empty. Amen. And it's a well of water that if we keep that well flowing, that one day it's going to spring up into everlasting life. Amen. The Bible talks about the Holy Ghost being the seal until the day of redemption. Amen. There's one day, as long as I keep this well flowing, amen, it's going to spring up, and it's gonna, I'm going to be caught away to live with Jesus in heaven. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water. That's what I'm talking about today. She said, I've tried the wells of this world. I've tried everything else, and they don't satisfy. But this will quench my thirst. Jesus, give me this water that you're talking about. Give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And what an awesome thing. She finally gets a revelation. She finally gets a belief. She finally says, I want what God has to offer me. And there's a lot of people that get to this place in life. They say, well, I ought to start going to church. And, and I do want, and I, I believe that Jesus is real. I believe that God is real. And I, and I want to I go and, and maybe try this out. But you see, before you get the water that Jesus has, there's got to be some things you've got to deal with. 
woman answered said, or Jesus said unto her, Go and call thy husband and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in the mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus looked at her and said, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, you know not what. Amen. There are so many people in this world, they think they're just listening to a nice tune on the radio. They don't know what they're worshiping. Oh, they just think it's a, a channel they enjoy on the television box, but they don't know what they are worshiping. Amen. They think it's just a good time with their friends at the bar, but they don't know what they are worshiping. Amen. They are worshiping the gods of this world. Amen. The, 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 the gods of this world that will take your life. Amen. Will spiral it out of control. Can I tell you, sports never did anything for you. All it did was take your money. All it did was make you spend money on jerseys uh, to wear of people that don't care a lick about you. Amen. The bottle hasn't done anything to you but take your money. Amen. Amen. The gods of this world are not interested in your well-being. Amen. We serve a God that says if you'll just throw away the curses of this world, if you'll just throw away serving the gods of this world, and if you'll just serve me, I'll give you a living water that will be in you a well. Amen. That will spring up. He said, you don't know what you're worshiping, for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour cometh, and now is when the Father, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Hey, we got to worship in spirit and in truth. Hey, we can't be all spirit but no doctrine. But we can't be all doctrine but no spirit. It's got to be a balance. God looks for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I'm not thirsty is often a response to a request of drinking water. Even though a doctor can tell from the dry mouth and dark-colored fluids that they are clearly dehydrated. Can I tell you, you may call your pastor on the phone and say, Pastor, I'm sick. You see, we have the best excuse in the world now. Anytime we feel sick, we just claim it might be COVID and we can just stay home whenever we want. But your pastor, when you call him on the phone and say, Pastor, I'm not feeling too good, he'll say, no, 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 you're not, you're not sick. You're just dehydrated. You just need another touch of the Holy Ghost. No, you're not, you're not, you're not going through all the things you say you're going through. You're just dehydrated. There's so many other choices of drinks out there, soda, juice, or sugary drinks are all so much more attractive than plain old water. Dehydration is a common thread to our health problems as a result of our busy lifestyle and modern lifestyle. Dehydration is mainly caused by not drinking enough water to replenish the liquids lost from breathing, sweating, and excreting fluids. Can I tell you, the world has a way of sapping the, the Holy Ghost out of you. It has a way as you rub shoulders with the world, as you see billboards, as you hear talk radio. It has a way of sapping, amen, the Spirit of God out of you. That's why you've got to, ref you've got to refill every day. You've got to go to the well and get another drink every single day. The signs and symptoms of dehydration are this. Thirst, 
a dry mouth, dark colored fluids, dry skin, skin that is flushing, fatigue, fatigue and weakness are some initial signs and symptoms of mild dehydration when the body has lost about 2% of its total fluid. So that doesn't seem like anything, anything significant. The adult human body is comprised of about 60% water. The brain is about 73% of its mass is made up of water. And the lungs are approximately 83% water. That is why it is so important to replenish that water that is lost. When the total, total fluid loss reaches 5%, the following signs and symptoms of dehydration can appear. Decrease in excreting fluids, increased heart rate, increased body temperature, extreme fatigue, muscle cramps, headaches, nausea, and tingling of the limbs. All can be attributed to 5% of your fluid that is lost without being replaced. When the body reaches 10% fluid loss, it can cause what they call severe dehydration with symptoms such as muscle spasms, a racing pulse, dim vision, painful release of fluids, confusion, difficulty breathing, seizures, chest and abdominal pain, and unconsciousness. 10% fluid. Hey, I'm not looking... I'm not looking to run to an altar and get right with God until tragedy strikes and I'm hanging by a thread. I'm, I'm not waiting until, amen, everything's going wrong and I'm so dry and I'm so wore out that I'm contemplating backsliding. Amen. I want to make sure that I tap in every day. I don't want to even get to 2% two, 2 fluid loss. I want all. I want all of him. 10% fluid loss and above can be fatal. The average person loses between 2 and 3 liters of water a day. For our body to function properly, we ought to drink at least eight glasses of water a day. And we get the eight glasses down and we're like, man, I've done something so spectacular. I've gained, amen, I ought to have a trophy for drinking eight glasses of water. It's like, no, you've just gotten to the place where your body is starting to work and function properly. I don't want to live for God just doing reasonable service. I'm not looking to do the bare minimum to make it to heaven. Amen. I'm looking to say, God, I want more than what I need. Give me 10 glasses of water. Give me 12 glasses of water. I want more. I want to make sure that I'm going above and beyond. And this doctor that wrote this article I'm reading from said, Don't wait till you feel thirsty to drink water. By the time you feel thirsty, you are already dehydrated. Haven't you seen it? People don't budge from their pew until something goes wrong. They don't, they don't ever get up and lift their hands until problems are going and raging in their life. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. According to, I'm going to try to pronounce his name, name Dr. Batmat Halij, the body signals its water shortage by producing pain. God, why am I going through what I'm going through? God, why is this test and this trial in my life today? Why, why am I being tested? Why am I, why am I feeling these things that I'm feeling? Why is everything going wrong? Maybe it's God saying, hey, you need to drink a little bit more water. You need another touch of my spirit. You need another, another experience at the well. Dehydration actually produces pain in many degenerative diseases, including asthma, arthritis, hypertension, angina, 
uh, adult onset diabetes, lupus, and multiple, multiple scoliosis all can be attributed to, amen, not drinking enough water. What this man writes is if you suffer pain or illness due to dehydration, don't expect your doctors to find the cause. What doctors usually do is give you medication to kill the pain and treat the symptoms, not find the cause of the problem and eliminate it. That's what this world does. Here, numb the pain with some alcohol. Here, numb the pain with a pill. Amen. Here, numb the pain with a good night out. Amen. But don't actually fix the problem. Hey, when you come to Jesus, he wants you to be changed. Uh, he wants all things to become uh, all things to become new and old things to be passed away. Dr. Batman Halija's message to the world is this. You are not sick. You are thirsty. Don't treat thirst with medication. Don't try to treat your depression with a Xanax. Treat your depression with the joy of the Holy Ghost. It is joy and peace. Where? In the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's what's going to get you up. That's what's going to get your head off your pillow in the morning is when you have the Holy Ghost. Amen. I was, I was at a church not too long ago. It's been a couple years now, but uh, we were in the state of Idaho, and I was preaching, and there was a, 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 a boyfriend and girlfriend that had come in off the streets, and they were strung out. You could tell by the way they looked. They'd, been, they'd given their life to drugs, and, and they came in, and God began to work on them, and they came to the altar, and they kneeled down right in the front, and they began to pray, and they were both sobbing and weeping and crying, and they were both filled with the Holy Ghost that day in service. And when the man got up from, from wiping his face, there was a bag of pills on on the ground. And I said, sir, you dropped something. He said, I intended to. I said, well, uh, I'm going to give these to the pastor. I'm going to dispose of them. What would you like done? He said, I don't care what you do with them. He said, I've, I've relied on those to get up out of bed every day. But after today, I just don't need them anymore. Can I tell you, God will take care, amen, of what the drugs can't. God will take care of what the doctor can't. God will take care of what the gods of this world can't. Amen. We serve the great physician. Healthy living starts with something as simple as drinking enough water. Our health is dependent on the quality and the quantity of water that we drink. Water has the power to heal the body and to sustain life. Please do not let the busyness of life and modern lifestyles get in your way of tapping into the life, healing, sustaining power of water every day. I'm not interested in just being a Sunday religion but I want to tap into the life-giving power of God's presence every single day. 2 Peter 2 and 17 says this. It is speaking of the unrighteous and those that follow and live life after the flesh. And he sums it up like this. He says, of these people, they are wells without water. Clouds that are carried with a tempest to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. They are just simply wells without water. All we are is a well, amen, a vessel that God filled with his spirit. All that person on your job is, is a well without water. That person that stands on the corner that's holding a sign, they're just a well without water. Amen. Amen. We can find our background and say, you know what, one day before God found me, I was a well without water. Amen. I had problems. I had issues. Uh, but thank God, God filled me with his presence. You say, well, Brother Boggs, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Don't let that old adage keep you from getting them to church. Hey, once they get to the water, it's up to them to drink or not. But, gay, hey, you better make sure you give them every opportunity to drink. 
Psalm chapter 63 and 1 says this. A psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Amen. He understood that this world has nothing to offer. It is a dry and thirsty land where no water is. But can I tell you, in the house of God and in his presence, amen, there is plenty. There is a, there is a river of living water. The world wants to advertise about how good soda and beer tastes. In fact, I've been a little bit of a part of photography and some videography back in my home church. And, and what they will do to make water look more appealing and look more cold is they'll get a spray bottle of water. And you can spray the exterior of the bottle and make it look like it's sweating and it's cold. You look up on the sign and you'll see the beer can with water dripping off of it. And it's, to, it's there to say, well, that looks good for me. That looks like something that will quench my thirst. I mean, it's a lie. It's, it's what the, the secular world will try to package their churches in. Oh, it looks like water. It looks like something that will help you. But once you get on the inside, amen, there's, there's no power and there's no authority and there's no spirit of God. Hey, I want to make sure I'm at a church where the water flows. I want to make sure that I'm in a church where it's not, it's not watered down. Amen. It's not something that's dry. Amen. But I want something where, amen, where the glory of God can move in my life. At a water conservation speech, I believe it was in the state of California, I believe it was in the 80s, a man stood up and was addressing the, the group of people that were there, engineers, people that were going to be tapping for water. And he closed his statement with this. He said, water is colorless, yet it forms the rainbow. It is tasteless, yet it sustains life. It is formless, yet it conforms an end to any vessel in which it is poured. And he said this, water, the essence of life. We can look at that today and say the Holy Ghost. Amen. It is formless yet it can be formed into a vessel in which it is poured. It is the essence of life. Amen. Today, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, amen, I, I would submit that you are missing out on life. Amen. That you haven't truly lived until you have the Spirit of God. Because the Holy Ghost is the only thing that will quench your thirst. It is rivers of living water. It's not just a little stream. It's not just a little trickle coming off of a high cliff that drips every 10 seconds. But it is, a, it is rivers of living water. The Bible says in Matthew, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Being dry and thirsty is not the only qualifier. But I believe the writer had some insight because people are thirsty in this world. People are dry. But what gets you filled is that thirst driving you to get a drink. Amen. Today, those that are hungry and that are thirsty, they shall be filled because they're going to do whatever it takes to get, amen, a touch of God. Amen. It's the action. It's the action that gets you filled. Just say, I don't have the Holy Ghost and I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. Yes, that is a good omission. 
But why don't you take that hunger and thirst and say, okay, I'm going to do something with this. I'm going to take some action, and I'm going to get a hold of God's presence. I'm going to take some action, and I'm going to search until I find him. Revelations 21 and 6 says, And he saith unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. It is the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is freely given. Sometimes before you ever, before you ever begin to, to build on a property, if you're outside of city limits, you have to have water present on the property. And one of the only ways you can get water on a property is to dig a well. I worked for a well company for a little over a year back in Washington State. And it cost back then, it cost about $42 per linear foot to dig a well. About $5,000 or more to hit water. Sometimes they would dig a well and they would go 100 feet and they'd hit a rock and they couldn't dig any further. And they would have to move over 10 feet and try again. Guess what? That person still had to pay for that well. And you may say, well, why do I got to give up this and that and the other to live for God? Why do I got to give up Facebook to, to make it? Why do I got to give up uh, hanging out with family members to make it? They didn't have to do that. Oh, I've heard it. Oh, the neighbor across the road only had to go 80 feet and they hit an artesian well. And, and why do I have to dig 140 feet? You just got to be focused on getting the water. Because until you get the water, the house can't be built and the life can't grow. Amen. Until you get the Holy Ghost, until you get the Spirit of God, amen, your life cannot grow like God wants it to. Oftentimes in extreme warm seasons where no heavy rainfall comes, there's oftentimes that wells will quit producing water. Oftentimes it is because the side of the well has lost its strength and is caved in. And it has blocked the inflow of that water. In this principle, in this, this, the answer for this is for them to take a truck out with about a 500-gallon tank of water that is almost nearly filled with a gap at the top. And they'll hook up high-pressure air, about 120 PSI, and they'll pressurize the tank. And they'll take a two-inch hose, they'll pull the pump and, and, and the pipe out of the well, and they'll go all the way down with that two-inch hose until they hit the bottom. And they'll crack open the valve, and I've seen it, I've been there on site, when water and sediment and dirt and sand will fly 20, 30 feet in the air and will cover everything in a 100-foot radius. But you've got to do whatever it takes to get the water flowing. Sometimes bitterness will block the inflow. Sometimes a fence will get in the way. Sometimes complacency will cause the well to quit producing. Sometimes sin, sin will always, sin will always obstruct the flow of God's Spirit. And sometimes you've got to come to church and say, you know what, it's been too long, I've been too dry. And God, if you've got to let, if you've got to crack open the valve and let an explosion of God's Spirit touch my life, God, I've got to do whatever it takes to get the water flowing back in my life. Sometimes in extreme cases, you must redig a new well. You try blowing it out and it doesn't work. Maybe the water table has just dropped. And now it's time to dig a new well. 
They, can't, they cannot use the old well and just dig a little deeper. They have to decommission that well and drink, d- drill a new well. And you may say, well, I had an experience one time 20 years ago at a camp meeting. Sir, that old well isn't producing anymore. Ma'am, that, that, that experience you had two years ago, a, a moment with God, I know it was powerful, I know it was awesome, and it sustained you, but that well isn't producing anymore. You've got to have a new experience. You've got to have a new touch of God. You've got to have a new experience with Him. And you've just got to keep on digging. Isaac went to redig the wells of Abraham. And the Philistines would put rocks in the well. Guess what he would tell his servants? Go, empty the rocks, and keep on digging until you get to the water. Amen. The enemy will try his best to stop you from digging. He'll, he'll try to get the preaching to offend you. He'll try, he'll try to get opinions to stand in the way of truth. But you just got to keep on digging. Mark chapter 16 and verse 16 says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. There is sin-cleansing power in the physical water. Like in the flood, eight were baptized or were saved by water. So now doth baptism now save us. Baptism in the name of Jesus. There's no power in the physical water. there's There's no power in filling up a tub full of water. But where the power is when the name of Jesus is applied. When the blood that was shed on Calvary is applied. Amen. But we've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Well, why do I got to get in a a tub of water and have a name spoken over me? I don't understand everything, but the Bible calls it faith in the operation of God. Amen. I'm just going to have faith in the operation of God. I've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. I've got to have my sins washed away. This is how God chose for everything to operate. And I'm just going to have faith and obedience to the operation of God. Revelations 22 and 1 says, He showed me a pure River of water of life, clearest crystal, proceeding where? Out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Jesus is in the water. There's power. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive His Spirit. I want you to think about this. Water came out of the rock in the wilderness for the Israelites after Moses struck the rock. The Bible says Jesus was the stone that the builders rejected. He was the chief cornerstone. He said, Peter, upon this rock of revelation that I am Jesus, upon this rock I will build my church. Amen. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Holy Ghost. He came to his own. He was the stone the builders rejected. He was beaten. Amen. And he died on the cross. And because of his death, we have access to his spirit. Mark chapter 1 and 8 says, I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. We don't believe in just a little sprinkling around here for baptism. We believe that you have to totally die. When you bury somebody, you don't just take a handful of dirt, throw it on them and say, hey, that's good enough. But you put them under, you submerge them. We believe that in baptism. So we ought to also believe in the Holy Ghost. I'm not just interested in a little sprinkling of God's Spirit, but I want to be fully baptized in the Holy Ghost. I want to be submerged in the Holy Ghost. I don't want just a little sprinkle here and there just to make it, but I want to be fully immersed in the Holy Ghost. I'm closer to a close than what you think. There was a lady that was writing an article on the necessity of water, and she did a study for her college class 
that challenged her. She challenged herself to not use water at all for one week. She wrote in her article that sugary drinks only made her more thirsty. She wrote in this article that at 4 a.m. She, she sat up in bed and she didn't have any water to drink and her tongue was dry, her mouth was dry, and she drank, amen, that, that carbonated beverage, the sugary beverage, and it did not do anything to help her. She wrote in this article that she could literally feel it affecting her insides. Her skin began to puff, swell, and turn red. It began to even affect her work environment. As you can think, no water, no shower. It began to even cause possible health conditions due to not using any water to wash her dishes. In fact, she would use a paper towel and she would buffet the plate as dry as she could and try to get all of it off. But without water, there's no cleansing. In the end of her article, she said, water is a necessity of life. You cannot live without water. When I'm confused, I go back to the water. When I'm dry, I go back to the water. When I'm weak, I go back to the water. When I have a hard time seeing when my vision begins to get blurred, I go back to the water. When I'm in pain, I go back to the water. Can I tell you the Holy Ghost is the answer? When you're in pain, go back to the well. When you're having a hard time seeing, get another experience with Jesus. When you're dry and wore out and contemplating quitting, go back to the altar. I go back to Jesus. I go back to the Holy Ghost. I go back to where the Holy Ghost will flow in my life. I heard one preacher say one person that God probably made an exception for to make it into heaven without the Holy Ghost would have probably been Brother Louis L'Amour. If you've been around Pentecost for a while, no doubt you've probably read some of his books. I grew up reading them. And I don't have a specific story in mind, but I have a picture in my mind that Louis L'Amour would write about. About the old mountain man that had spent his seasons up in the, up in the piney woods, trapping for beaver. And you would come out on that mountainside, and you look down into the desert, into the flatlands, and he would see himself a wagon train. He would go, oh my goodness, these pilgrims don't know what they're doing. And he would make his way down and he would say, just for a small fee, I'll take you through this desert. I know where every, every watering hole is, where every Tanaya is. I can take you there if you'll just follow me. And I could see as this old mountain man would make his way to where the water was. And the pilgrims would all jump out of their wagons off their horses and run and, and just lap up the water as quick as they could. And they would muddy the water up. And he would stand back and he would wait. Until the water became calm again. And after everybody else had had their quick little fix. He would go lay on his stomach. He'd put his face in that water. And he would drink long. And he would drink deep. Because he knew how far it was going to be to the next watering hole. So many people come in. And they get a little touch. They get a little feeling of the Holy Ghost and they think, well, I've done my part today. You've just got a little touch. But once the Holy Ghost has moved, just like Jacob, oh, what if Jacob would have done if, the, if he would have felt that Spirit of God grab a hold of him, that angel of the Lord grab a hold of him and said, man, what a wonderful time I've had. 
No, but he grabbed a hold of that spirit of God and said, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. We ought to come to church and we feel the Holy Ghost. It's not the peak of the service. When we feel the Holy Ghost is our access to strength and our access to power. And we ought to grab a hold of that spirit and say, God, now that you're here, I want you to bless me. I want you to work on me. I want you to help me. Too often times people will get to an altar. And I'm not saying this to try to prolong an altar call today. They'll go to an altar and they'll get their little five-minute fix. They'll stand up, wipe the few tears away and say, well, that was good enough for me. But hey, when I'm in God's presence, I want to drink long and I want to drink deep. Because I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. I don't, want ne- I don't know what next week is going to bring my way. And so I've got to make sure I'm filled with His presence. I don't want to just be at the altar until I'm done. But I want to be at the altar until He's done. Until He's done working on me. Titus 3 and 5 says this, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, But according to his mercy, he saved us by washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to make it just on my good deeds. I'm not going to make it on works of righteousness, which I have done. But because of his mercy, he washes us in his presence once again. And he renews us in the Holy Ghost. I wonder if we can all stand today. I don't want my glass half empty. I don't want to just live with just a bunch of ice and a little bit of water that when I try to take a drink, I don't get any water. I just get a full face of ice. I I, I want my cup to run over. I want my cup to run over. Not so that I'm just so abundantly blessed and I want it all for myself, but I want my cup to run over so it spills on my coworker. So it spills on my family member. I want my cup to run over. I want you to think about this as they're coming to the music today. John chapter 19 and verse 34, they have taken Jesus to the cross. And they nailed him there. The Bible says, John 19, 34 says, But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side. And forthwith came there out blood, the blood that was going to wash our sins away in baptism, and water. The water that he spoke of that would be wells of living water. This spake he of the Holy Ghost. Aren't you thankful today that he went to a cross and that he didn't just give his blood, but he gave us access to his spirit. He didn't just shed his blood only. And thank God for his blood. Without his blood, amen, my sins would be a scarlet. Without his blood, I would be be a wreck, a ruin, and undone. But God just doesn't leave us to be clean, but he wants to to fill us. He doesn't want us just to be an, an empty vessel. An empty vessel that all the sins have been washed out of and all the sins have been taken care of and, and the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. They've been taken out of the way in baptism and nailed to the cross. It's not enough just to make us an empty vessel. But he wants us to be a full vessel. He wants to pour out his spirit on us today. Can I tell you nothing but the Holy Ghost will do. I wonder today if you're thirsty. I hope today I've made you thirsty in the physical a little bit. 
I hope that someone grabs a, a cold bottle of water right after we're done. But I hope more than that, that I've made you thirsty in the spiritual. God, I, I've been dry, and God, I need another touch. Today, you don't have to leave here empty. You don't have to leave here being thirsty and dry. Amen. But God's Spirit will fill you today. I wonder today as they begin to sing and, and if they'll begin to sing something, play something, I wonder if we can make our way to this altar. Can we spend some time with Him? Can we spend some time drinking from the well? God, I'll need another touch. Saint of God, you've got to have another touch. Come on, you've got to have another experience with Him. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, we've got to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on. Lord, we need you today. God, I need your presence. God, I can't make it on my own good deeds. I can't make it on my own opinions. God, I've got to follow the word of God. I've got to follow after the plan of salvation. God, I've got to be saved from this wicked world, from this untoward generation. Oh, come on, can we pray? Can we cry out to him? Come on, could you, could you show him you're thirsty today? God, I desire you today. By the sacrifice, you provide your spirit, and I will open up inside. Oh, come on, fill me up, God. Could you cry out to him? Oh, fill me up, God. Come on, if you're, if you're not needing a touch from heaven today yourself, why don't you slip an arm around the neighbor and begin to pray with him? God, we want a we church that's flowing with the Spirit of God. We want to make sure everybody gets a drink. We want to make sure everybody leaves with their thirst quenched today. Thank you. 